Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Define University podcast, a space designed for educators to ignite your passion, transform your mindset, and learn to love who you are in the process. My name is Lindsay Titus, and I am here to share simple yet strategic steps each week with you to build your momentum into creating a life full of purpose and passion. The time is now. Let's dive on in to today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another brand new episode of the Define University podcast and another Share Your Story series. So excited to bring on Megan Anderson today. Megan, how are you doing? I am awesome. The sun was out yesterday in Ohio. Um, so we're, we're starting to get to that spring and it's, it's really, really exciting to, to get some fresh air because I think we all need that, right? Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It was in the fifties here today in New York and it was glorious. <laughs> there is something just about not needing the, the huge winter coat or not needing it zipped up or just being able to, you know, for me today, it was walking out in my high heeled shoes, not in my winter boots. You know, it's the little things that, that make you so excited. Not sliding on ice or snow. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, and then I had this to look forward to. Like I, I, you know, full disclosure, I was in a funk last night, funk today. It's just one of those. Actually, I know where it's coming from. I, I've got a lot of, you know, juggle, things juggling right now which is okay. Um, but I realize I don't have a set plan and not that I need a plan to a T, but I don't have it formatted. So it's all kind of stuck up in my head. And so it was a big kind of realization as to where that funk came from. But I knew no matter what, we had this call today and that my friend got me through today because I was so excited to dive into all things Megan today on the podcast. And I was totally excited to dive in to Lindsay. <laughs> like, yes. Oh, this is magical and definitely uh, a hump day. Like, let's round it out here. So I'm, I'm really excited. Thank you. Absolutely. So Megan, we have connected. We've connected via the virtual <laughs> internet, right? Via Twitter and the admin mastermind through Teach Better. And so uh, we've connected and gotten to know each other, but I would love for you to share just a little bit about who you are, what you do uh, to the Define You community before we dive into our conversation today. Yes, I am a mommy. I am a wife. I am a special needs mommy um, with a child with a rare genetic mutation. Um, I am an educator. I am an assistant principal um, and an inspire and um, a former collegiate athlete um, at that. So that kind of just rounds me out a little bit. Um, I have been in education since 2007. Um, didn't go into education first. I was on the radio. Um, and um, I wanted to be in broadcasting. And um, uh, my mom had told me I was always going to be a teacher. And I think it's one of those things when your mom says when you're younger that you'll do something, you go, mm, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. And then you go, oh, yeah, yeah, you were right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that that's kind that's kind of sums me up to to a little bit. I energizer bunny as well. You can call me that too. <laughs> that one makes complete sense to me because you are always going. I love it. Um, but I gotta ask. So I gotta ask. What sport did you play? Or sports did you play? I played volleyball. Um, actually, I'm five foot three, 
So in college, people would think I was more of a gymnast than I was a volleyball player. Um, I came from a small town, um, really had hopes and dreams of um, going and playing at The Ohio State University and uh, walked on and I made it. Um, and it was just, it was a really special moment in my life. And I think that there were people during my life that I really needed then, and I still have them to this day. So um, volleyball is my love. It's, it's my sport. And uh, I continue to, to just watch it and grow with that sport just as, as much as I do with education too. Very cool. Very cool. I, uh, so I was a swimmer growing up. Um, swimming was my, was my escape, right? So I mentioned before, I grew up in a um, just a household filled with some mental, mental illness, mental health challenges, and swimming was one of my escapes. And I, you know, I had envisioned swimming through college, swimming, you know, long-term, um, two rotator cuff tears my senior year, freshman year, or senior year of high school, freshman year of college, kind of said, eh, maybe not. <laughs> your, your shoulders may not be able to handle that much more. Um, but I wouldn't trade it for the world because um, two of the people that have had the biggest impact to me were my coaches, uh, were my private swim team coach and my high school swim team coach. And I've always said, you know, my, um, my private swim coach, uh, Cheryl, she she was an educator in and out, even though she was not an educator in the classroom, but she educated me about so many things and so many things not related to um, swimming at all, you know, but she could see if I came onto the pool deck and I just needed to talk, I didn't get, I didn't get in the water that day. And I talked with her in between sets and in between things because she could see what I needed. And there was other days where she was like, we're not talking today, get in the water and go. And she wouldn't let me stop because she knew I just needed, she knew more than I did. Like I was just going to try and escape. Like I was like, I don't want to swim today. I don't want to do it. And I think I see so many parallels now between teaching and what she did for me in that, in that moment to say to our students, it's okay if math isn't what you need right now. I'm going to give you this, right? But I don't know if I hadn't lived through that, if I wouldn't get there. And so, you know, again, kind of a tangent thought, but I just, I think there's so many correlations and parallels between sports and school and teaching. And that's why I think teaching is so, it's so involved, right? Because it's everywhere. It's not just in the classroom. It's in our hallways. It's in our homes. It's in the community. And I just think that's so important. Every moment is coachable. Every moment, whether it's good or it's bad, they're coachable, teachable moments. When you walk away from that going, wow, that was really impactful in my life, whether it was really, really good or whether it was really, really bad. And you talked about swimming. Um, Actually, uh, when I was at Ohio State, I wrote for their, their newspaper, The Lantern, and um, the Ohio State synchronized swimming team was like top notch. So I thought, yeah, how hard can this be, right? I'm an athlete. Let's get in the pool. And I wanted to write about what they did. And I got in the pool. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, they're doing these egg beater motions. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I can't move. They're putting me, they're putting me in lifts. And it, they were coachable, teachable moments because I saw a different sport and the hunger and the drive of female athletes that were in the pool. And they only went to the side to have a snack every once in a while, and then they would come back. And it's like the growth and grit that I was able to see at a different sport that I really didn't know a whole lot about was incredible. It was impactful um, just to be able to see that moment in time, like, wow, this is amazing. Um, so kudos because I'm one heck of a doggy paddler 
and that's about it, okay? <laughs> it's, it's always the big joke that, you know, I can't run to save my life. Like, I could run maybe to our mailbox and back, and that's about it. I can swim, though, for three hours. Like, you put me in a pool, and I can just go. And, you know, I think what I love so much about swimming is that it's an individual sport in a team-based sport, right? So it was about how I did in my event that led to the greater whole. And I was like that in the classroom, too. Like, I just wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to be my own person. Like, don't talk to me. I did not. You know, I, I've mentioned numerous times, I had a, a behavior plan in fifth grade to talk, <laughs> to talk in class, right? We try often try and get kids not to talk. I had one to try and talk. So I was just like, let me do my thing. And, but I think you bring up a really good point. And I, you know, I love that you got in there, right? Like so, so much of learning about something is to experience it, right? We can read all the books in the world we want. We can watch all the videos. We can know a lot. We can have the knowledge. But to actually understand something and to be able to feel it, we have to do it. And I think that's just so important that, you know, and I've even taken that a step further where I, where I currently work. You know, I, I do a lot of work with students with autism. I do a lot of reading. I go to conferences. I do all the things. And just this year, I'm like, I'm going to go talk to the kids. So I started interviewing them. And I'm like, what's working? What's not? What do you wish your teachers knew? And I'm sharing that. I'm, I'm giving them the opportunity to share it. But they're like, nope, I'm not ready yet. So we're working on that through a coaching model, like to get them ready to advocate for what they need, especially if they leave high school and head into college or, or the work field. But I just think that difference between knowing and understanding um, is a huge, especially in our field, it's so important to, to figure which one am I? And if I don't understand, how can I get one step closer? And I think what you're doing is very impactful because you're teaching students at a young age, like share your story. It's okay. It's okay to be vulnerable in this moment. And I think we're getting there as a culture of really making those connections and sharing your stories and um, you know, breaking away from that judgmental piece. Um, and, and I, I talk about this all the time. You know, I, I talked about being a special needs mommy and, um, trauma, we can't see it. And we have to be really cognizant as educators and people in general in life, because we don't know what people have gone through. And so we can't look at somebody the way they dress, the way they look and they, and you know, like, Oh no, you know, they got it figured out. They, you know, because if you look at both of my daughters and people would look at me and be like, oh, no, she's happy. She's great. She's the energizer bunny. You know, I have extreme anxiety. I have PTSD. Um, and if you look at my younger daughter a few weeks ago, um, she had to watch her older sister have seizure rescue meds administered four times. That's trauma. But if you look at her, she doesn't look like that. You know, we'd, so we ha we can't distinguish what trauma looks like. Um, and when we do that, we, we really have to tell our students, tell your story, because that, that's what makes you great. That's what makes you different. That's what makes you make a difference in other people's lives. And, and that's impactful. It's, it really is. And, you know, I think, you know, it, it's providing space right? And opening up for the opportunity for those, for students to feel safe sharing their story. And if they're not ready today, then we show up tomorrow and we show up the next day. And you might get that story 10 years later, right? You may not know that story. Um, you know, even when I, you know, I was very much in school and I, I would often be up all night. You know, I, I said by 15, I knew how to call 911. I knew how to 
you know, how to see my mom get taken in the ambulance and go to the hospital and then come back. And I knew how to take care of my brother who's seven years younger than me. I knew how to get him up and get him to school. And I knew how to do all these things. Yet nobody else knew because I wasn't ready to share it with anybody else. So I put on the happy face. I put on the smiles and I went to school. I got good grades because that's what good people did. And that's what that's what my goal was. And I didn't want to disappoint anybody. But it wasn't until it was both of my swim coaches. It was both of them that by sharing their stories and by saying, I'm not sure what you need, but I don't think it's that. Will this help? I started to unpack a little bit at a time and they were able to, and they, neither one of them actually ever knew the full story because I never felt comfortable sharing it until, you know, adulthood, but having the opportunity or hearing somebody else's story and saying, you know, it's okay to share little bits at a time, but you're absolutely right. We have no idea what anybody is going through. And even if we hear it, I think it's so important to remember that what we hear and what we see is still through our lens. It's still filtered, right? There's filters on everything now, filters on Instagram, filters on Facebook, right? There's filters for everything, but we have like, I have a Lindsay filter. So when someone talks to me about alcoholism or mental illness, I have a filter that I look through because that's, I go based on what I experienced. And so it's hard to say that, oh, I completely, again, it's that understanding piece because I understand it through my lens, Mm -hmm. but I don't know what you're going through. Right. And I think that's where empathy and sympathy come into play. And I, and, and, you know, what I'm hearing is we can start this at a young age and it continues to grow through school and into adulthood. Absolutely. I, um, I, I had just come out of the classroom. So this is my first year as an administrator. I was a fourth grade teacher last year and I was in a co-teaching classroom with some students that were really dealing with a lot in their lives. And I knew kind of a little bit of their stories. And we had read one of, um, it was a Tiger Rising was the story. And it was about this, this child and his mother had passed away, but his dad was telling him to hide his, su- hide his feelings in a suitcase, just put them away. And so we really unpacked that lesson and we started writing. And so, I, you know, I, I encouraged them, you know, you share your story. And so some of them just you know, kind of started telling me a little bit, you know, kind of that piece by piece. It, it depended on how much they trusted or, or even that day, you know, what they wanted to share. Um, and I thought, I'm not really getting what I, I really, really want because I, I love writing and I know you do too. You know, like that writing that just drives, you know, pulls at the heartstrings and drives people and makes them just want more. And so, um, because I knew how important writing is. Writing is, is a reflective piece. And if these students could learn how to write and journal and reflect, they could get out their emotions and not even really have to tell anybody. You know, you don't have to share that. Um, so what I did was eventually um, I sat them all down and um, I told them my story of being a special needs mommy. Um, and I know I, I'm on camera with you, um, but um, I have a jar, and these are all of my daughter's medical bracelets, any pair of glasses she's ever had. And so as I'm telling the story, I just start dumping out each medical bracelet. And all of a sudden, I look at these fourth grade, you know, mature, you know, they're starting to get a little mature at this age, you know, fourth grade girls and, and boys, and, and they're crying, and I'm crying. And I said, okay. Now tell me your story. It's okay. It's okay. We're all in this together. We all have something different. And they went back and the pieces that I got back, it it was incredible. And 
that was like the first quarter of school. And from then on out, this class who kind of was a, you know, a little wiry, um, I, I gave him a hashtag, the best class ever. Like, don't, you know, and people are looking at me like, this is really, this is kind of crazy. Like that, that class. And they're like, why are you doing that? Cause I'm rewiring their brain. They've never been told that. Why, why are we not telling kids this? You know, why are we not rewiring their brain? But I think we can take it even a step forward of why are we not telling each other that? If we model this for our students, our students are going to continue to have ripple effects on everybody else that they touch in their lives. And, and that's just such an important piece that we have to remember of, you know, share your story when you're ready, when the time's right, when you want me to listen, when, hey, uh, math, not today, not today. It's just you and me. Let's roll. Let's talk about it. And then, okay, you, you trust me to that next step and you trust me to that next level. Um, but it's that, it's that coaching, lovable, embraceable mentality that we have to model day in and day out. And one of the things I heard you say earlier was we used a term at Ohio State, uh, a, a fix your face. So when we were on the court, your opponent, they couldn't know how you were feeling, you know, so our coach all the time said, fix your face. And so there have been moments in my life where it was like, okay, I really need to fix my face right now. I really, people are depending on me and they need to see that emotion from me. But there are times where I need, I need to put that aside, fix my face so I can serve everybody else and what they need and their needs right now from my students to my staff as well. I, yes, I, so I'm laughing because I've had that phrase said to me for years. So I wear it all right here, um, right on my face. Um, and, but I think it's so key. And I think that the important part that, that, that resonated with me is that it's not about not owning our emotions. It's not about saying, oh, my emotions don't matter because they matter the most. But what matters is who do I need to be in this moment, right? Is showing up for my students with, with sadness in a way or frustration in a way that I'm not serving, right? If I'm sad, like your, your powerful story, you were sad because you were telling them a story that was power and meaning behind it. And so absolutely, it's owning those emotions, but then not letting the emotions own us, right? We can still feel, we feel, I don't know, 100 feelings a day, if not more, but we don't have to then give our power away to them. And I think sometimes we can do that. We can let that stress and overwhelm be, well, that's just part of me. I'm just stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I'm that. And I let, I did that for years. That's what led to my burnout, my, my, you know, depression, five panic attacks a day, because that's all I knew. So if I wasn't feeling stressed, I would go and find something to like do more of. So I would get stressed because that, that was like my comfort, even how backwards that seems. And I see, you know, I see teachers do that now. And I'm like, it's okay to simply be like, it's okay. You your emotions don't have to own you. You get to own them. Are they serving you? If they are great. And if they're not, then, then what can, you know, then you take some action and do that. I think we can teach that with, I mean, I teach that to my six-year-old at home. I teach it to seniors at school and, you know, anybody in between. Um, but I think it's just such a powerful message. Yeah. And I think just like what you said, it's, it's own, you know, it's, it's that time of ownership and giving the freedom for everybody to say, you know, this is where I need to be in this moment. Um, serving is 
my full, that's like my, my hashtag and my mission. And, you know, um, but I think when, when we serve, it's, it's what is the moment? When is the right time that I need to have these emotions? When is the right time that I need to hit the pause button? (laughs) (laughs) in, in these emotions that I'm having. Um, and I think too, I always, I always find that I really go to those people that I trust when I'm having these emotions and just saying, you know, here's how I feel right now. Here's how, here's the response, here's the response or the response, you know, I just want you to listen. Um, and Dwight Carter used to always say, And I love this phrase when people would come in and just kind of talk to him or tell them, you know, he would say, okay, are you, before you start, are you wanting an answer or are you wanting me to listen? Because it's going to be totally different and how I'm taking this all in. And that really shaped me going into leadership um, and growing and how I would serve, um, not just our students and our staff, but again, it's hitting that pause button. You know, my emotions may be different from from talking to a student to a staff member, but if they're coming in to talk to me or even a parent, you know, are you wanting me to have an answer for you or are you just, you just wanting to get it out, you know, because it's, it, it's different in that and it's diff- going to be different in how I serve you with my response. Um, so it, it, those moments matter. Those moments matter. They really do. They absolutely do. I love to say, you know, every moment matters when we make every moment matter, right? We have to be so intentional, intentional about the purpose of that moment. Because if we aren't, you know, we live in such a fast paced world, right? We're, we're go, go, go all the time. And, and that's okay. But when it becomes you know, not okay, not okay, or where it can get kind of troublesome is when we don't stop and think, right? When we don't pause, when we don't slow down and say, hey, what am I really doing? What's the purpose? What does this service need? And I love that you hit on like the coaching word too, even with students, because it's not about if, if a student or anybody shares their story, you know, we're natural, you know, givers and servers and, and teachers, right? We want to teach, we want to help. And that can very quickly turn into fixing, right? Or solving or doing. And I know for me, I used to do a ton of that. And I would end up with all this extra work. And I'm like, wait a second, what is going on? And everyone, you know, people would be like, but did they ask you to do that? I'm like, and then when you would think, I was like, well, yeah. And then I was like, no, (laughs) I didn't. I just want, you know, I took it on myself. And so I think it is important to really utilize that like active listening component of hear their story, you know, share in that moment, share space, but it doesn't have to be ours to take, to take it on and then, you know, and then feel that with them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It does. And I think that's where a lot of times we get um, even more, I, I do that. Like, Oh, I want to help somebody and I want to help this person. I want to help this person. I want to help this person. And then I'm like, and you know, I, I, um, I find, I found myself a few years ago helping, 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 helping that I had lost myself. Um, and I had gone to a conference and, um, I was, I was serving so much that I wasn't, I wasn't taking time for me, um, and reflecting on, you know, who I was and what my purpose was. And, um, I had gone to a conference and I, I was sitting there and they were talking about Brene Brown and um, they're like, you know, what do you tell yourself when you wake up in the morning? 
I was like, oh, what do I do? You know, I don't tell myself anything. Nope, not a thing. I, I just, my feet hit the floor, energized with money. I'm ready to go. And they're like, do you tell yourself you're worthy? No, no, am I? And then I started questioning, like, am I worthy? I don't know if I'm worthy. Like, what makes me? And I'm sitting in this conference asking myself a million different questions. And the amazing thing that happened was <laughs> we were supposed to have family Christmas pictures. And I'm sitting there just pondering, like, off of this amazing conference that I've gone to. And um, we got, I, and I called the photographer and I said, um, this is going to be weird. I know this is supposed to be like family minis, you know? And I said, um, can you just take a few pictures of me? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, well, because, and I'm going, I, I went to this conference and, um, you know, I, and, and I said, to be, to be honest, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm an educator. I'm going back to grad school. I have a special needs daughter, so I'm part MD, <laughs> um, and I've lost, and, and I have, I, I had two different educational positions. I had a female leader that wasn't empowering, to be honest, um, had said some things that really just looking back, I was going, yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to be that. I, those moments we talked about earlier, I, I want to be, I want to be this. Those were great moments because they taught me something totally different. And I said, I just want pictures of me. I just, I, I want to know who I am again. And she, and the photographer's like, I love this. Yes, we can do this. And I remember getting those pictures back and I still look at those pictures and it, and, and I wake up in the morning now and I tell myself things that are different. And when I tell myself, man, you are worthy. It's, I tell myself you're worthy, but be humble in being worthy. Cause I think sometimes people think, yeah, I'm worthy, but they lose being humble in, in what that means truly. Um, and so I look at myself differently back to that conference. And I think it goes back again to sharing your story, taking that moment and then thinking, what am I here on this earth to do? What is my purpose? But we have to be really mindful in the moments of what we tell ourselves, who we surround ourselves with that also tell us things. Because our brain is going to feed into whatever we tell it. And if we go go, go. And we don't take those times to pause and remind ourselves of who we really are and what we're here to do. We can't serve with purpose. Take it away, Megan. <laughs> like it, it's just, I mean, I, I, on a, and I, and it's funny because I went back to that presenter and I go, um, I go, Hey, did you see our family pictures? And he was, and he goes, yeah. I go, did you see the ones of me? And he was like, yeah, they were great. <laughs> and I said, thank you. I said, because man, I lost myself. I mean, I wasn't, I struggled in school. I had a 15 on my ACT. I actually wasn't accepted to Ohio State. They told me I'd never make it. Nobody with a 15 makes it here. I transferred in from a different school, didn't go into education as my first degree because I had to take a test again. And well, when I went into student teaching, I had to take the test multiple times. And then I thought I had this principal that said, hey, you really have some great skills. Go and be a principal. And I went, gosh, I'm going to take a test again. But over time, I had always told myself, like, you, you can't can't do this. Can't do this. Well, you can do this. And, and I remember when I took my admin test, my, I got, my husband knew I was getting the results that day because I took it a few times. Um, 
And I took it a few times because when I looked at the admin test, I'm like, man, as a leader, I might pick A, but somebody else I know might pick B. And I just analyzed everything because my call, I didn't feel like I was worthy. I didn't feel good enough about myself. And I remember when I got my my last result, my husband came home and I, I opened it up and he's like, and I said, yes. And he goes, good, because I only got you one card. He said, because I knew you could do it. And I knew that you were going to do it because this is your passion. And so for my husband, I needed him in that affirmation. Like, again, it's that surrounding those people, like who believes in you in those moments and, and they're impactful. And so many of us have these moments where we lack confidence. We lack who we are and we just have to take the time to remember, this is what I've gone through. This is what I'm going to continue to go through. I'm going to keep taking risks. I may fail big at it. What am I going to learn from it? But who can I impact along the way? You know, those, those third grade test takers here in Ohio that you have the third grade guarantee. I get it. I get that you're nervous about a test because I was too. And I want to let you know, a test doesn't define you. It doesn't tell you your potential, your servant leadership, your heart, your passion, your work ethic, everything my dad ever told me growing up, that's what makes you great, Meg. And that's the, those are the powerful words that we need to instill into our students, our staff, and the people that we run into every single day. I have parents that drop off their kids. And a few weeks ago, I looked at this, uh, roll, had the lady roll down her window and, you know, obviously she can't see my face because I'm masked up and um, said, Hey, I, I just wanted to tell you, I really appreciate you. And that moment hurt my heart because she looked at me and I could tell that nobody had ever told her that. That's what hurt. And she, she paused like, and it was kind of like, she thought, wait a minute, did, did she just tell me she appreciated me? <laughs> like, am I really just hearing this? And so I said it again. I said, I, I don't know if you heard me because I'm I masked. And I said, I just really want you to know how much I value and appreciate you. Hard work you're doing, you know, and you probably feel like nobody is seeing it, but I see it. And when I saw her response, I thought, you know what? How many other parents that go through that line have maybe not been told that either? And so I started making it a, a routine. Like I'm gonna look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at these facial expressions of parents that come through the line that day, and I'm gonna look at them because my golly, we're going through a pandemic and we're going through some hard times. And you know what? Everybody's doing the best that they can do. And I'm going to let them know that because our words are powerful and those moments matter. And when we tell people that we appreciate them. Can you imagine how much more they're going to open up to us? They're going to connect to us and they're going to start sharing their story because they realize they're important here. It is so, I, I, I mean, everything you know, again, people can't see me, but I think my head just nodded for the last however long, like, yes. And I think what resonates the most with me is that it is, is simply those two words, your words matter, right? The words we speak, the thoughts we think are what drive our behavior. And I think growing up and, and even the last few years, I always thought it was the opposite. I always thought, well, if I can do more, if I can change my environment, if I can go get that thing, if I can read the right book, if I can do all the things, then I'll finally find happiness, find the thing that I've been missing. And, you know, in, in 15 years, I've had about seven different jobs in about seven different types of education, public school, private school, residential, in-home, uh, non-for-profit, you name it, I've done it. Because I always thought 
oh, that's the one, that's the one, that's the one. And it wasn't until I finally said, there's got to be an easier way. It's got to be something that has got to be easier because I've done all the hard things and nothing's worked. And what I realized is I was trying to do it all from the outside in and not the inside out. And it's why in my courses, right, I have a 12-week course, Ignite Your Legacy. The first four weeks are identity. We go deep into your identity because until you know who you are and who you want to become, until you know who you're being, it doesn't matter what you do. Because that doing, you're going to get, you're going to lead to burnout and exhaustion and frustration. When really it's the simple words that we're speaking, but it all comes down to what are you telling yourself, right? And what's the intention behind it? I will always say I stand at the top of my podium, but it's not in a way of, ha, look at me, you're all down here. It's when I stand on my podium, I can help amplify and help other educators rise to be on their podium. So it's we rise together. But if I'm at the bottom, I can't help anybody rise. I have to know who I am. I have to own who I am, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because in all honesty, I don't believe in the good, the bad, and the ugly. I believe it's all me. You know, I don't. I don't, I don't do anything wrong anymore because there is no right and wrong. I might do something with a different outcome and great. It's a different outcome. I shed some tears. I say, what went wrong? What happened? And then I say, oh, nothing went wrong because I'm here and, and I'm always perfect in the present moment. And that's right here. And so it's a way to use words. You know, people are always like, I want to know what to do. What should I do? I'm like, stop doing and start being right. Who do you want to be? And how can you help inspire others to be who they are? That's where the magic happens. That's where the learning happens. That's where the light bulbs happen. Because when we go identity, we get to eliminate all the limiting beliefs we have in the world about who we think we should be or could be. And instead, we get to honor who am I? <laughs> and we're pretty amazing people. So let's be honoring who we are in all that we are doing, right, every single day. Absolutely. You um, said something that really, when you talked about being on that podium, um, it was um, in, in the springtime, my, my grandmother had passed away. And when I, it was a year ago that I applied for this assistant principal position pre-pandemic, you know, I applied, you're like, yeah, going to be, you know, in the building, yada, 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 and then shut down. And you're like, okay, this, this whole leadership thing may look a little different and that's okay. Um, and, and I remember having, uh, three interviews, you know, all on Google me, I had, uh, babies in on an interview, which was exciting. You're like, how many people can say, you know, I had a baby in on an interview. And I remember, um, the, the, the second interview I had was with a whole, it was with a whole group of amazing teachers, um, that I now get to grow and learn from in our building. And, um, they had asked me, um, you know, like, what? Well, why do you feel, you know, like this is, this is the job for for you. And, um, I, and here I'm thinking about my grandma because at one point my grandma said, again, you've had all of these different roles. She's like, man, how many more titles are you going to get to your name? I said, grandma, it's, it's not the titles. It's about the people we impact along the way and the people that I get impacted by along the way. And so in that interview piece, I said, you know, I got to visit my grandma a little bit during the pandemic and, um, I said, but things pre-pandemic, I got to, to be with her and then things shut down. And I said, but one of the things, uh, my grandma had a sixth grade education. Um, so really in, in the, Blake is my maiden name. I, I was the first to um, go and, and to college and get a college diploma. You know, then I have a master's degree. 
And I said, um, and I said, so I, I was with her in her moments. And I, I said, Grandma, what was, what was the best part about your life? You know, what were some of the amazing moments that we're talking about here? And she said, oh, she said, I loved when I was a Sunday school teacher. I said, oh, I had forgotten about that. You know, tell me, tell me. And I, and I knew that she was going to pass. She had had cancer. And I said, tell me, tell me about that. Why? why was it so great? And I remember the hospice nurses telling me, you know, like write things down because you're going to, you're going to want to go back and you're going to want to remember, but you're in the moment. Just take those moments to pause and just reflect on them. And um, I'm getting emotional just talking about it a little bit. Sorry. Um, But I said, um, one of the things that my grandma said was that she got to grow and learn with her students. That was the best part. And I said, so you hire me because I want to grow and learn with your staff. I want to be what my grandma was. And I remember, I mean, and I'm, I'm sobbing. I'm sobbing, you know, so I go from Energizer Bunny to throwing out like ideas, like, you know, because <laughs> I was also a, a two-time online teacher of the year because I had taught previously online when I had had our daughter that had special needs. So I go from like all of these Energizer Bunny, here's my story, here's the ideas, sobbing, crying, and then that's how I end my interview, and I shut my computer, and I lay at my desk for like 10 minutes just sobbing, and I call my mom and dad, and my mom's like, well, what do you think? And I said, well, this is what I know. I made him laugh, (laughs) I gave him some great ideas, and I cried. And my mom is a nurse, so like the whole world could be falling apart, and she's like, poof. You know, my dad is the emotion. This is my, my dad's the high, the low that, and my mom goes, you you cried? And I said, yeah, because what I realized was if they don't want that, if that's not for them, then there's someplace else that needs who I am because I can't change who I am. And if I have to change who I am, then they're not going to get the best servant leadership out of me that they need. And I think that's what we have to remember is embracing who we are. When I talked earlier about working for that female leader, like I'm, again, I'm this jacked up energizer person. I have the, the, the snake flare jeans. I have like, I just, I dress eclectic. I do, you know, it, it matches my personality. And I remember one time she came in, you need to tone this down a little bit. And I went back and I, and I listened because you know that, okay, I'm going to take this in, you know, you, you are my boss and I'm going to take this in. And I went back to my supervisor later and who I really loved and respected. And I said, you know, I got to admit this hurt. I said, but I want to, I've reflected on this and I, I'm not going to tone, tone that down because every day I tell my daughters to be who they are. And if I change, then I'm not, I'm not modeling for them who they need to be every day. And in one prime example of this is today was twin day at school today. So we dress like twins. We have a, a high schooler that is battling leukemia. And so every Wednesday we're doing some sort of dress up and we're collecting money to donate to his family. And today was twin day. And um, I received a text from my daughter's teacher and um, it was her and another little girl and they both had little glasses on. And behind it was a message from her mom that said um, she wanted to spend her birthday money on an Amazon gift card to buy glasses, to be like her twin Brielle. How impactful is that? You know, and if we're, and if we're changing, we're changing to embrace people. You know, she's embracing my daughter and the 
the different qualities that she had. You know, we're not, and they actually did look pretty much like twins. I had to do a double take. I was like, wow, which one is my daughter? You know, but we can't change who we are and who we're meant to be, or people can't get the best version of us. Um, but we can't, if we do decide, you know, we, we do want to be a, some, that person for the day, make it be somebody that it's going to make a difference in their life. Yeah. Make it be a memorable moment. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, you know, I think like so much of what we talked about today, it, it comes down to the purpose behind it, right? So if, if there's a part of me that isn't serving me, then I'm going to change it as soon as I, as soon as I recognize it. Right. And, you know, a, a quick example is I used to think I needed to plan everything to a T. I, I thought I needed to have everything, you know, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. And, you know, whether it was in a day or whether it was by 18, I'm going to do this and 22, I'm going to do this. And by the time I'm 30, this is going to happen. Like I was a planner and I finally realized like really just within this last year that that's not me. I'm actually a whole lot more spontaneous than I ever gave myself credit for because I was, I was afraid of what other people would think. Like I can't just show up and start talking and, and like, I'd have these thoughts like, well, why, why not? I can hit live. I can hit. And then I can just talk. Like I can do that. I don't have to plan and map every single thing on my life out. And, you know, I think I hid spontaneity or, or just kind of doing things, you know, winging it because I, I didn't know what that was like. Cause I've never let myself get there, but I have now changed to say, no, I am like, I want to do crazy, not maybe not that crazy, but I want to do spontaneous things. I want to say yes, where I used to say no. And that's okay, right? But I'm doing it for me. I'm not doing it because somebody came and said, hey, you know, to be a better leader, you really should be more spontaneous, right? Because then we're in Shouldville. That's, that's exactly what Shouldville is. If you're doing or changing something because someone else thinks you should, you're doing it for them. It's arbitrary. So do it for you. What serves you? What's going to allow you to show up as your best self that day? What is it? What's your next level? Like I always have my next level. Who am I aiming to be? And then I bring it into now. So what am I going to change? Because we're always growing and evolving. But when it's not coming from, it's when it's the, when it's the outside in, not the inside out, that's where we have conflict. So I love, I love all of that, but it's so important to know where you're coming from and own who you are. We, it's okay to love where you're at right now, right? We're so go, go, go. It's like, okay, where am I going to get to next? I did that. It's like, it's okay to just celebrate and honor and love. Like, this is who I am right now. And I kind of love it. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and one of the things that really has changed my mindset, and I want to thank you for this wholeheartedly is that concept of blending. You know, like I, I know I tell you this all the time, but I just, the concept of blending, my 20, you know, my one word 2021 is present, being present. Um, and I think in order to, in order to give people the best version of me, in order to serve them in being present in those moments is I have to blend each and every single part of, a second, a day, a, you know, like it's just blending that. How can we make both of these things work? And a prime example of, of blending is uh, engaged empathy here um, is our foundation. That's what we're working with this year. Um, that's uh, with our cultural blueprint and our amazing pre-K to two kiddos put goodie bags together for um, our, our EMS, our hospitals for Valentine's Day. They wanted to show love, show compassion. And so they had these things individually wrapped. And um, my youngest, Reese, who's five, um, 
I said, all right, let's, let's go to the pharmacies, the, the nursing homes, and we'll deliver these. And it was a blend. It was my work life. It was who I am in serving. And my daughter got to witness it firsthand. Because as we started dropping off these things to these agencies and these pharmacies were like, oh my gosh, this, and they were saying, we needed this. This was, oh, this is what I needed today. And so my daughter got to see me serve, not just as a principal, a community member, but as a mom too. And it was blending those moments that I'll never forget. Like, I'll just never forget her response. And I came back and told her principal, I said, he's like, man, how long did that take you? I said, it took me from 10 to one. And from 10 to one, I was truly present in blending both of my roles. And my daughter got me that and she got to embrace that. And you know what? I hope she does that same thing one day with her daughter or her son one day. And it's these ripple effects of moments. It's these ripple effects of words what we say to ourselves, what we say to others, and who we surround ourselves in these moments that define you in order to serve others. And I'm grateful for you, Lindsay, because you continue to allow people in this world to find them, to be the best version of them, so that they can be the best version for everybody else, because that's what we need in this world. We need the best version of people that are kind, and generous and hardworking. And we embrace the different qualities that each and everybody have on this earth, because that's what makes us great. So thank you. You are so welcome. And yes, it absolutely does. And, you know, living, I, I started to just call it living the blended lifestyle for me is what has so it's become so empowering for me, not only as an educator, as a wife, as a mom. And, and I think, you know, I own into the mom piece too, a lot with that, because I, I want Kaylee to grow up and be whatever she wants to be, right? I, I fully own that she might have a job that we haven't even thought of yet, you know, as she's, you know, six and she is now keep saying six and a half, but she just found out she's actually six and three quarters. Mm. But she's on the, she's on the countdown. I was like, man, if I was only that excited about <laughs> turning one year older. Um, but she, you know, she will, you know, so I'm in my office here recording, um, not when I'm recording, but if I'm working, she has a desk in here too. And she will come in here and I will get, she'll do her work. I do mine. We, you know, I'm modeling when I'm editing podcasts, she helps me look for, we call them like the big spaces. And she, she's like, there is one mom, you got to get rid of that one. And she helps me with that. She brings up a little seat and we do it together. But we also have time where we're playing you know, uno until, you know, I can't play another round, you know, or we're playing this game or that game, or we're snuggled on the couch. Or there's times when I say, I have to shut my office door. I'm going to go do some work. And then we're going to do this. She knows that that's, that's the piece. I've said yes to everything in my life. I think that's a big part of the blended lifestyles. You've got to own that everything you have to quote unquote do, we've said yes to, right? I said yes to my job. They offered me the position. I said yes. Now, does that mean I have to say yes to all the crazy things? No, I can set boundaries. But, you know, I've been staying late this week because I now have my full-time job plus my internship. Well, I could get mad about that and I could say, this is ridiculous. I shouldn't have to stay till, you know, stay late. Or I can say, no, I chose this internship and I chose this job. And to make them both work right now, to blend them into my already crazy life, yeah, I might have to stay late and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. It, and it's, um, you know, what I, I taking back to the blended piece um, and what you're saying with your daughter too, like um, I was really guilty of this coming into the school year um, of trying, you know, protocol, 
protocol, protocol, they're, they're, they're all being updated. And that's taking some of my time, it wasn't blending. Um, and I remember one night tucking Reese, my youngest into bed, and um, man, mom fail. <laughs> I get ready for this, right? And I'm tucking her into bed. And um, she said, Mommy, she said, can you tell me what I did that was really good today? And what I realized was I was providing everybody else that I worked with my students feedback, you know, timely, effective, like not just Hey, great job. Hey, great job. Because I see that you have a capital letter here and hey, great job because I love the self-regulation that you had and the control in that moment. And I thought, I have not provided my daughter with feedback. And so I've been, I've been blending more of, Hey, I'm really good at providing that feedback here at work, but how can I blend that into my word of being present with my daughter in those moments and providing her and my other daughter and even my husband with feedback that is, you know, what we, again, we're impacting people. Um, and, and sometimes we, I got, I get lost in those moments sometimes. And that's, I, I will admit that that's <laughs> I wholeheartedly I do. Um, but I've been so much more cognizant of it and, and really blending. Okay. Here's what I do at work. Here's what I do at home and how can I continue to blend those things to grow as a person for, for what everybody needs me to do. I think it's, and I think it's interesting that you started that with calling it a mom fail because I look at it as a mom win because had you not had that awareness, right? Had she not asked you that question and you thought and said, Oh, am I not a not I'm doing it more here than I am here. Nothing that you would not have changed. Right, because our actions don't typically change unless we become aware of something. We accept it, right? Yep, that's what I was doing. We acknowledge where we want to go, and then we take different action. So I look at that as a mom win because look at how much that has changed now since that moment because your intention shifted. And And I told her, I said, I'm sorry. I said, You are so right. Like, and you know what? I, I really appreciate that you felt comfortable enough to tell mommy that. Thank you very much. And it, those are, those are big moments. Um, and I, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Win. Touchdown score. I got it. Okay. Woo. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Megan, we have been talking almost an hour at this point. These hours, well, these times like fly by. Holy smokes. Um, is there any like one last piece of advice that you would love to leave with the educators listening? You know, I, I think it just goes back to, um, I mean, we've talked about it so much. It's just, again, embracing those moments. Um, we can't get them back. And, and even if it's moments that are moments where we're told no, uh, or that idea is not good enough, or this, like embrace that to say, okay, like I'm going to make this winnable and I'm going to make this winnable because it's going to grow me in that process. And I, I think of all of those times I was told no, or, you know, it, and, and I, I, I think sometimes people go, well, I'm going to prove people wrong. And I don't think it's a matter of proving people wrong. I think it's a matter of saying, you know, I, I, I've been told, no. it's a matter of sharing your story in that moment to say, I've been told no, I've been told these things. And all of those no's and yeses were so crucial in my life because they made me a bigger, impactful person for people who needed me in that moment and who I needed in that moment. And so embracing those moments of things might be really good this second, things might be really hard this second. And those are okay moments to have. They're, they're what make us real. They're what make us 
it's what makes us grow and it's what makes us impact the other people around us and and just simply take that time to embrace it and if some of those moments are hard they really are but um they're winnable moments absolutely absolutely Megan, if people want to connect further with you to continue the conversation, connect more with you, um, how can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. Twitter, I'm on Twitter. I love Twitter. Um, so I'm on Twitter, um, and I, I think you'll post. Do you post? Yeah. So yeah. you can post my Twitter handle. I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook as well. Um, obviously, Facebook, I can, I can write and dig a little bit deeper um, than you can on uh, so many characteristics of Twitter, and that's all good. Um, but yeah, I share a lot of my story on there and um, write just like what you do, Lindsay. Um, and, and so those, those are my, my three, three main sources, but um, obviously you can email me. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well, too. But I look forward to connecting and just growing with, with each and every single listener that you have. and. Um, you as well, my friend. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. And I'm truly humbled. And, and I love you. I, I, I hope one day we can meet because oh, that's what I'm really excited about. And I, I just, I want to hug you. I don't know if you're a hugger. Are you a hugger? I'm a hugger. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. So then we're going to hug it out. And um, I'm going to tell you that I love you <laughs> face to face and that you have made such an impact on my life. And I know so many others as well. And I know everybody would be grateful to say thank you in that respect. Um, Thank you so much. Yes, I, I will absolutely put your information so people can connect with you in the show notes. Um, and I'm going to end with a funny connection there. So I, you know, we've said like people haven't been hugging for a long time, right? We haven't been able to see each other. And there's always then like pre-COVID, there was like the awkward hug, right? That like, like when's it going to end? Like, and I said, we're going to now take awkward hugs to like the next level because nobody is going <laughs> to want to let go, you know, especially when you're meeting people that, you know, I've connected so deeply with so many, I know I'm not alone. Like my PLN flourished through the pandemic and I have, I'm so excited for all the adventures I'm going to get to go on, you know, one day when, when we can to visit all these amazing people and see them. And, and I feel like those relationships have truly um, impacted my life this last year. And I'm just so, you know, to think about where we were this time last year, I was getting ready to, to speak to my first group. I was traveling to Rhode Island and New Hampshire, and I was, I was traveling on March 13th. Like I was giving a presentation and then whoosh, everything changed. But, you know, to think of the person I was then and to think of the person I am now, like I, this year has been one of the biggest years for me in defining who I am. And the fact that I get to share that with others and inspire others is exactly why I do what I do um, through Define University. So thank you so much, Megan, for coming on and sharing your story with us today. Absolutely. I'm excited because I can't wait to hear what people tell you and how you change their life during the pandemic when they actually get to meet you face to face. So keep me in the loop. I'm excited. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you. And listeners, thank you for tuning in. I will see you same time, same place next week with a brand new episode coming your way. Until then, keep loving who you are, owning who you are, trusting who you are, because those will help you define who you are. Have an amazing week ahead, everybody, and I will talk to you soon.